Every impact leaves its mark. An impression, something that indicates change has been made. Impact 2020 is a call to action, an opportunity to invest in the future, to invest in our facilities, and invest in our so friends. We're gonna ask you to please pray for us. A call to be on mission for Christ as we join forces with strategic partners to impact our world with the gospel. So there's this great need for the church to be a bridge between these two cities. Through strong church planting partnerships, Lake Point is impacting communities across the United States and Canada. Since 2003, Lake Point has planted 25 churches in places like Boston, New York, Portland, San Francisco, Las Vegas, and Denver. Our newest partner is planting a church in Los Angeles, California, in a city that is known for producing compelling stories. Lake Point and church planter Matt Lawson are starting Story City Church. This is the city of Los Angeles, 19 million people strong, 217 neighborhoods, 88 cities, 100,000 homeless people, one church for every 23,000 people. If you just look at the numbers, the need is staggering. God's called us in the city of Los Angeles, very clearly, evidently, obviously, and confirms it every single day. We're Story City Church for the story of God for the city of LA. Los Angeles is a city that's so vast, it's so diverse, it's so uniquely different, yet such an influential city. And the thing that strikes me as I stand up here and overlook the city is that the gospel transcends all of it. Lake Point, I'd like to ask you to pray for us, pray for our family, pray for the 80 people who have gathered with us that wanna plant this church here in this city. We'd also like for you to pray for those people in our city that don't yet have a living, breathing, thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. We will continue to plant churches like Story City in areas that have limited access to the gospel. Our nation's major cities have tremendous influence on our society. If we can reach these cities, we can make a strategic impact on our nation. Your investment in Impact 2020 will help us plant 12 new churches in the next four years as we increase our impact one life, one community, and one nation at a time. Now, all those cities that we're seeking to plant churches in are major cities. It's interesting, they all have major league football teams, and we're right in the middle of that football season. The teams are beginning to shake out. Uh, people are already beginning to ask who's gonna go to the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl's a pretty big thing in America. Over 100 million people uh, in the first weekend of February will watch the Super Bowl. In addition to that, 180 other countries will have it broadcast to them in 35 different languages. The 32nd commercial for the Super Bowl now goes for $4.5 million. That's $150,000 per second. That's how big it is. Now, I know we're several weeks away, but I wanna go ahead and make my prediction because I think I have enough information now. And so you may wanna write this down. Here's my prediction. 
My prediction is that 2,000 years from now, no one will care who won that game. <laughs> That's my prediction. I feel pretty good about that prediction uh, because I'm an assistant coach on a team that has played together already for 2,000 years and every single victory we win will be celebrated forever. And my purpose today is to draft you onto that team, to ask you to come and be an impact player on the team that makes a difference. And here's what I know. Our head coach and the owner of our team believes in you. And because of that, he will not put you on the bench if you will accept the invitation to be an impact player on his team. We'll put you in the game this week, all right? Uh, that's our commitment to you because we want you to be someone who makes an impact. We want your family to be some people who make an impact. We want this church to be a church that makes an impact. And we started last week talking about what it means to make an impact, and we talked about the holy trinity of impact. And we said there are three words that really describe what it means to be an impact player. First of all is the word believe. The second is the word belong, which we're gonna talk about today. And the third is the word that we're gonna talk about next week, which is the word bless. Let's kinda of just backtrack a little bit and talk about that word believe. We said last week that when we believe the right things, it ensures that we're going to make an impact. And two things we said, at least two things we have to believe. First of all, we have to believe that there is a God who created everything. If you believe that, if you believe that God created everything, including you, then the very breath that you breathe, you owe to him. Uh, your intellect, your talents, your hands, your feet, it's all his. And, and you live as grateful people. It changes everything if you really believe that. Not just head knowledge, but if you believe that to the core of your being, that God created everything. And second of all, to believe in a Jesus who died for everyone. And if you believe that, you believe that there's a message that we must tell that there, there is an answer that people are yearning for. And if you believe those two things, it will cause you to have an impact with your life. In 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse five, Paul said it this way. He said, he died for all so that they who live might no, no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Does that describe your life? Do you understand that he died for you? And so if you're living, you no longer live for yourself. I no longer live for myself. But we live for the one who died for us and gave his life for us. And so that's where it begins. It begins with what you believe. Not what you say you believe, but what you believe. And then the second part of that is to belong. And belongs talks about the difference our collective effort makes in our ability to have an impact. The scriptures tell us that Christianity is a team sport. You really don't make your greatest impact by what you do individually. It begins there. It begins with your individual belief, but it comes together as we realize that we've been adopted into a family, and that family has a purpose. It's not only a family, but it's also a team. And we come to believe that we can do much more together than any of us could do alone. In Acts, the second chapter, it talked about the very first Christians. And notice what it says there. In Acts, the second chapter, verse 44, it says, And all those who had believed, there's that word believe again, they were together and they had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and they were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Don't miss verse 47. 
praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. The first Christians belonged. They had all things in common. They gathered together. And together, they changed our world. Our world has been forever changed because of that small band of Christians and what they did together. The scriptures tell us that there are several reasons why we can do more together than any of us can do by ourselves. The first is, is because of the unique contributions each of us can make. In 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, in verse four it says this. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons, but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Now the truth is, is that God has made each and every one of us unique. And just like the different players on a football team have certain skills and all those skills together come about to make a victory, God needs all of us in the unique ways that he's created us. Think about it. Uh, all of us have different personalities. Uh, some of us are extroverts. Some of us are introverts. That's a part of God's plan. All of us have different talents or abilities because of the mind that God give, has given us and the body that he has given us. And then in addition to that, God, according to this passage, has given us spiritual gifts. There are about four different passages in the Bible that say that when you become a Christian, God gives you an ability that you didn't have before you became a Christian. Now, when you add up all those lists and those four different passages, you're going to come up with about 23 different abilities. Now, what's interesting about those four passages is none of those lists are the same. They're examples. And so that's why I don't believe that that list is exhaustive. I think there's probably more than 23 gifts that God gives to his church. So think about it. You have your own personality. You have your own talent. In addition, you have these gifts and here's what we do know, that there were certain gifts that were given to the apostles that God has never given to anyone else. In other words, he gave certain gifts in a season of time to particular individuals because that's what the church needed at that time, which tells me that God may be giving specific gifts in this period of church history that he didn't give there. And so there's endless possibilities. And in this particular passage, it says this. It says that all of us have different gifts. And he determines who gets what gifts. But even though we have different gifts, the Bible says that in those different gifts, we have different ministries. For example, you may have the gift of teaching. But not everybody who has the gift of teaching has the same ministry. You may have a gift of teaching and you use that gift to teach students. You may use that gift to, to teach adults. And then the Bible says, not only do we have different gifts and different ministries, but they have different effects. So you might have the gift of teaching, and you have the gift of teaching students, but God may, has, may have called you to teach a large group of students. He may have called someone else to teach a small group of students. 
He may call someone else to teach just one individual in one-on-one discipleship. So even when you talk about the gifts that God has given us, we have a personality, we have talents and abilities, we have spiritual gifts, but even those gifts, we have different ministries as we express those, and we have different effects on how they fall out. And then you take and lay over that the fact that God has given us different experiences, And even bad experiences in our life, the Bible says that God redeems those and uses those. We have a ministry in our church called the Stephen Ministers. And the Stephen Ministers are people who've gone through traumatic experiences in their own life. Perhaps they've gone through cancer or they've had a child who was on drugs or was in rebellion. Or maybe they've lost a a loved one who's very close to them. Or maybe they are currently struggling with a terminal illness that just continues to chronically go on. And, And these people have taken that and they've asked God to use their personal experience so that the same comfort that has been given to them by God, they might turn around and give that comfort to others. And so God is redeeming their experience. And whatever experience you may have, positive or negative, God takes that and he combines it with your spiritual gift. He combines it with your personality. He combines it with your natural gifts and abilities. Every single person here today, everyone who's watching online today, You're as unique as your fingerprint. God created you, sovereignly created you, and he allowed you to be in this church at this time with the gifts and the abilities and the personality and the background and the experience, and he has a role for you to play that he has uniquely equipped you to play. We can do more together than we can do alone because of the unique uh, gifts that God has given you. But here's the sad news. The sad news is not everybody's in the game. They're not. Uh, There are some who have depreciated their own gift. Uh, They have said, well, my gift is not important as the person who can sing well, or my gift's not as good as the person who can stand and speak in front of a large group. What if the little boy that had the loaves and the fishes had said that when the disciples were asking if anybody had something to contribute, if anybody had to give. What if he had said, well, you know, I've got this little lunch, but what is this lunch among so many? In fact, that's exactly what the disciples said. They brought the lunch to Jesus and said, well, here's this little lunch, but what is it? I'm glad the little boy didn't say that. I'm glad the little boy said, you know, I don't have much, but I guess Jesus knew I was going to be here today, and he knew what my mom would pack, and if Jesus wants to use it, here it is. Because it was that little lunch that Jesus blessed and he multiplied. It was a part of the miracle. It was a catalyst to feed 5,000 plus that day. But there's some of you who are here today and you look at your little sack lunch and you say, well, it doesn't matter if I give or not. It doesn't matter if I participate or not. It doesn't matter if I share my testimony with someone or not. It doesn't matter if I pray for a friend or not. Yes, it does. God knew that you would be here today, and God has uniquely gifted you to play a role that only you can play. Paul, in writing in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, wrote it this way. He said, but now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? And then in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verse 21, he writes this. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Many times we depreciate the gifts that God has given us. The other thing that we do is we fall into something I call analysis paralysis. 
where we're looking for that, just that perfect ministry for us to serve, that perfect ministry where it's a, an exact fit for us. And some of you have been in this church for five, 10, 15, 20 years, and you're still looking for that perfect ministry. How about perfect enough, okay? How about just do something? Because the reality is that the way we find out what we're gifted at is when we get in and we start serving. And many times we serve just because there's a need. I tell my wife all the time, I do not have the spiritual gift of taking out the trash. (laughs) But somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. And there's plenty that needs to be done. Just jump in and do it. And one of the purposes of the body of Christ is to affirm your gifts as they see you exercising obedience. That's how you find that place to serve. The other thing I think happens to us many times is we don't serve because we don't have margin or we don't give because we don't have margin. We've got to leave room for the Holy Spirit to work. There was a study done at Princeton University years ago where they took some of the theological students there in Princeton University and they had them do an exegesis of a passage and write a sermon on the Good Samaritan. And then when they finished the little devotional, the little sermon, they said, now we want you to go across campus and we actually want you to preach to a camera and we want you to videotape this as a part of your grade work. And they told half of them, that it had gone, they had gone a little long on their time to preparing the message and that they needed to hurry over there because they were late. And then the other half, they told, you know what, we're running a little ahead of schedule. Why don't you go ahead and go on over there to film, but you got plenty of time. Just take your time. And then they staged a student who was in distress right in the path of where they were going from where they prepared the sermon on the Good Samaritan and where they were to film. Now, here's what they found out. The students they told they were late, only 10% of those theological students stopped to help their fellow student. And the ones they told they had plenty of time, 60% stopped. Now, one group was not any more compassionate than the other one. Uh, They were not any more intellectually astute about the theological implications of the story of the Good Samaritan. The only difference between the two groups, 10% who stopped and 60% who stopped, was margin. And the reality is some of us have so scheduled our life for whatever reason. Maybe we're trying to please the wrong people. Maybe it's because we're trying to somehow have a better self-worth. Maybe it's just an addiction to activity. Some of us have so structured our financial life where we're spending much, much more than we need to that when God touches us about being generous in our financial resources or generous in our time or generous in our influence, we say no because we don't have margin. And we've not left room for the Holy Spirit of God to work, to be in a setting and to realize that somebody just needs someone to listen to them and to have enough time to sit and, to, and exercise the ministry of presence and just listen. Or to stop and to encourage a fellow believer in Christ. Or to point the way to someone who's trying to find Christ for the very first time. It's a lack of margin. God has uniquely gifted every single one of us. And if we'll understand that uniqueness, if we'll value that uniqueness, and if we'll leave time and margin and we will do something, it will make a difference. Here's what we know. 50% of the people who call Lake Point their church home are not serving anywhere in our church. Now, let's just give the benefit of the doubt that 10% 
of those 50% who are not serving anywhere or serving somewhere outside of the church. And that's legal, by the way, all right? Maybe you're working on Meals on Wheels, or maybe you're working with Habitat for Humanity, or maybe you're uh, tutoring a young students with the Boys and Girls Club of America. That's super. But that still means 40% of the people who call Lake Point their church home above the age of 21, best we can tell, are not in the game. They're not in the game. And I want to draft you today to be on a team that's been playing together for 2,000 years, and every single one of their victories will be celebrated forever. We can do more together than we can do by ourselves because of the unique abilities that we each have. We can do more together than we can do by ourselves because of the collective impact provided by our combined effort. Did you see the news story recently about the group of people who joined together to help someone in need? All right, check out what some Good Samaritans did after seeing a horrible accident in Utah. A man who was on a motorcycle is under that burning car. Now watch, they get together. They pick up the car and they pull him out. Thank goodness they were there. Well, the man, oh, look at this. The man had surgery last night. He is now in stable condition, regardless of how horrific that is that you see him. The state is in there. Um, police say they're trying to track down everybody who helped so they can be recognized for their bravery. It makes you feel good about your fellow man, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Isn't that something? Wow. Now, obviously, not any one of those people could have picked that car up by themselves. They certainly couldn't have picked up the car and pulled the man out from underneath that burning wreck by themselves. It was something that they did together. It's a great metaphor for what God wants to do through us, the vision that he wants to give to us. In Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, verse nine, the writer says it this way, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Back in 2002, we planted the very first church in the continental United States in a spiritually under-resourced area. And when we went to New York City, we looked at the task, and it was just so great, we realized that there's no way that we could provide the necessary financial support by ourselves. And so we asked around, and about 10 other churches, we invited them to be a part of an alliance to do that. And, and we said, well, you know, it doesn't matter how much you're bringing to the table, just bring something to the table. Be willing to send teams, be willing to give financial assistance. In that particular situation, the people of Lake Point gave $50,000 a year we made a commitment to do that for three years. In other words, to invest $150,000. As it turned out, because of the expense of starting a church in New York City, we ended up going a fourth year and investing $200,000. But the reality was is that during that four-year period, there was actually a million dollars that was invested by all of those churches. And at that particular time in our history, that's about all that we could do. When we got finished doing that after that fourth year, we decided we'd start a second church in New York City and we'd also start a church in, in Portland, Oregon and we'd start a church in Las Vegas. And we asked those churches that had gathered around that table, would you like to do this again for the next three years? And they all said yes and they began to invite some other churches that they knew to participate with us. And they provided finances and they provided teams and they provided coaching. And then we turned back around and we planted more churches in San Francisco and in Boston and Denver and it just went on and on. As we look at Impact 2020, uh, because of the number of churches that we have invited to this alliance and that are helping us do this, we've now been able to reduce the amount of money that it takes us to start a church from 200,000 down to 75,000. We can invest $25,000 a year 
to start a new church. We're still investing as a group a million dollars to start the church, but there are more people who are picking up the car. And that first church, it took us four years to plant that first church in Manhattan. In the next four years, with this coalition and with your participation, we should be able to start 12 new churches. In other words, in four years, we will start 50%, we'll have a 50% increase in the number of churches that we've started in America that has taken us 12 years to start. That's the power of togetherness. That's the power of belonging. Now, from time to time, I like to look, not at individual names, but I, I like just to look and to see uh, the participation level of financial support in our church. And so this last week, I called up our database people. And I said, just, I'd like to know in the last 12 months, how many of our people gave something to invest in the many ministries that we do here locally and nationally and internationally. And here's what I found out. I found out that in the last 12 months, 53% of the people who call Lake Point their church home invested absolutely nothing in our ministries. Does that shock anybody but me? Does that disappoint anybody but me? And I kind of have a mixed heart about the thing because I'm thinking, my goodness, if we've been able to do in the last 35 years what we've been able to do with that level of participation, think what we could do in the next four years if God's people would just get into the game. Part of Impact 2020 is to talk about some very specific projects so that people would, would catch that vision, would have some kind of interest in that, and they would get in the game. Uh, if you haven't already received it in the mail this next week, you'll receive an offering envelope in the mail that says Impact 2020. And next weekend, we're asking you to come and, and put a gift in that envelope. If you put $1 in that envelope, you get off of the bad list, all right? <laughs> this is not hard to do, friends. It really is not. And then let us know what you're willing to do above and beyond your normal gifts to the church over the next four years. Now, some of you have never participated financially at all will participate in Impact 2020 because you care about what we can do together, the fact that together we can support 19 different local ministries in the area. People like the, the Genesis Women's Clinic in Kaufman where battered women are being cared for, or Cornerstone where we're caring for the underprivileged, the working poor in the inner city of Dallas or our prison uh, aftercare, where we're providing uh, apartments and, and jobs and, and, and uh, bus tickets for people who uh, need a second chance in life, or uh, our Hope Clinic in Garland, where we're helping the work, working poor with uh, medical attention. Or you, maybe you're interested in starting those 12 new churches uh, across the United States in places like Boston and Denver and uh, Los Angeles, or perhaps you're interested in supporting the 21 partners that we have in places like Ghana and uh, South Africa and uh, uh, Mexico and Egypt to uh, catch a vision of that, or perhaps you're interested in investing in the student center renovations where we have thousands of students every weekend in this local area who are coming, some who have a, a church family and some who don't have any spiritual background at all. Or maybe if you can't get excited about any of that, you're maybe excited about the fact that we've got to put a new roof on this building after 17 years. I've been praying for a good hell storm. We have good insurance. <laughs> but God has not seen fit to answer that prayer yet. And as a result, we've got leaks right now, and that's part of what Impact 2020 will do is it will provide that. Or maybe you could get excited about the fact that right here out on our parking lot, we're gonna build a brand new uh, venue for our Hispanic ministry. 
which is now running about 700 people a week. Allow them to move out of the gymnasium and have a building that they can be proud of and that they can invite their friends to to come hear about Jesus Christ. Surely there's something in that list that you could get excited about, that you could make an investment in. Because together we can do our collective effort, we can do a heck of a whole lot more than any one of us could do by ourselves. Finally, this, we can do more together than we can do alone because of the essential encouragement and support that we can provide for one another. In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 24, uh, Paul writes these words. He says, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as such is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day drawing near. One of the reasons we gather together, that we come together on a regular basis is so that we can encourage one another. There are times when we lose our vision. There's time when we uh, get focused on things that are temporal. And by being together, we encourage one another and we stimulate one another to do good deeds. I asked the leaders of our church uh, when it came to Impact 2020 to give their gifts early. And so last week, the leaders of our church uh, brought a one-time offering and they committed about what they would give above and beyond their normal gifts to the church over the next four years. And I'm thrilled to announce today that our leaders have already committed over $4 million to this effort. <clears throat> now that's an encouragement to me. That, that uh, hopefully will uh, stimulate you to get in the game, to join in on what's happening. But you know, the important number is not $4 million. The most important number is this number, 100 because if we're really going to make a great impact in this nation, in this world, in this community, the really important number is that 100% of the people who call Lake Point their home, 100% of the people who call Jesus their Lord and Savior, 100% of the people who believe that God created everything and therefore we are stewards and we have an obligation, a holy and a healthy obligation to him. Participate, And it's not just to participate by giving to the offering. Oh my goodness, it cannot stop there. But it's participating by making a renewed commitment to share your faith in all your spheres of influence, to make a renewed commitment to find a meaningful place to serve, to put your hand to the plow, to use your unique abilities to make a difference in someone's life, a renewed commitment to leave margin in your life and to get up every single morning saying, God, would you allow my life to intersect with another life who just needs my encouragement? And when we do that, we will accomplish much, much more than any of us can accomplish by ourselves. When believers get into the game and work together, everyone wins. Those that we serve win. God is glorified in his cause wins. In 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, it says this. It says, for the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. It's not really about believing in Lake Point. It's not really about believing in the particular projects or the partnerships that we're involved in. It really is about thanking God 
because we believe he made everything. And we believe that Jesus died for everyone. Let's thank him for that. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of a winning team. Thank you for the impact that every single person here today can have. Thank you for the impact that every single family can have. And thank you for the impact that this church can have. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.